Ahoy, mateys, and welcome to another episode of I'm Ready, a SpongePod Squarecast. My name is Captain Eric, and we are continuing our sail through the second season of SpongeBob SquarePants. All right, mateys, let's get on to some business before we get into today's episode of SpongeBob. Uh, if you have not been paying attention, our YouTube and Facebook pages are now being fully 100% up to date with the audio podcast. Um, along with the the video, if I if I can say this as somebody who listens to to podcasts in in bits, um, I, I I like YouTube sometimes, even if it is just a static image. Uh, I have now adorned all of the videos that are coming out with new art that I personally made myself. Um, I, I basically drew myself as a SpongeBob fish. His name is Captain or Cap. Um, and he'll just be on on a few of those pictures, and and I'll change it up as as time goes on. Definitely, if an, if anything, check out the videos of when the This Week in Nickelodeon History segments pop up, because the picture that I drew for that video series is uh, is an absolutely fun little Easter egg hunt of pretty much every Nicktoon that I would say, or every Nickelodeon show that I would say I I like. Um, so go and check that out when that drops. Um, they're going out pretty much right now on a daily basis again. Um, and I, I'm pretty much as those go out, I'm sprinkling the other back catalog of videos that I've just been sitting on, um, the unboxings of the Nick box and whatnot. Um, I'd have the bikini bottom box being edited as we speak and then we'll be out probably in the next few weeks. So, um, once everything is up to date, the same time the audio podcast will drop on all of your uh, audio podcast platforms, the video version will drop pretty much um, within the hour or so after that. Um, but the the plus up of following both Facebook and YouTube is that I will be putting up more content specifically for video than I, I will usually with audio. And and even if, it, if I do something audio specific, it'll end up on the video portion anyway. So if you're a fan of... Any of the content that I'm creating audio-wise, definitely check out what I'm creating there because it's going to go beyond SpongeBob and, and you know, zoom out more to Nickelodeon stuff. So speaking of which, the new Rugrats show dropped today, May 27th, 2021. If you have Paramount Plus or know somebody who has Paramount Plus, you can check out the rebooted Rugrats today. I watched the first three episodes, which are technically the first two. The first episode is a 45-minute special that I did not expect. At some point, I was like, this is going on a bit longer than I expected, this adventure, because it started like five different threads, and then I realized, oh, wow, it's 45 minutes. Then I like freaked out for a second because I thought, oh, no, are, are all the episodes going to be 45 minutes long? Then I checked, and pretty much after that first episode, they go back to the, the two-episode per half hour format of the uh, of the original series. And let me say there were moments of the of the special that I liked. There were moments of the special that I didn't like, but there was something about the pacing when it's when it got to having to tell stories in 15 minutes basically. Uh I really loved. And there's there's things about that first episode. So if you watched the first special and that you didn't like it or it didn't didn't hit you right, I would skip that and go right into the first like actual episode of the show and see how that works for you because I, I think there's some good stuff there. Uh, the reason I bring this up is I will be finishing all of those episodes and I will have 
a video exclusive review dropping on YouTube and Facebook within the week. I'm going to have more than just the trailer looping on there. I'm going to be doing some uh, some other stuff. So uh, pay attention to that. Also, we have some video games coming up um, and actually pretty close to one another. We have two video games. Uh, now, for, for those hearing about this for the first time, it's something I started from the beginning of this show is that while I review every episode of this show, I'm also going to review all of the video games as they come out. Um, so I, I pretty much go by the release date of the video games and plug it in where it was released and what episode had come out, you know, around then. The issue is uh, the episodes as they were produced are different from their release order. So um, I, I just kind of have my way with it and, and put them out the best I can. But we have two video games, Operation Krabby Patty, and Super Sponge, which was available on both the PlayStation and the Game Boy Advance. So that is three separate reviews for me. Um, of course, uh, if you are following us on Twitch, SpongeBob Podcast, give us a follow. Uh, I will live stream all of my playthroughs of those uh, games. Uh, I unfortunately had technical troubles during the live stream of Legend of the Lost Spatula, so I wasn't able to save that footage, but I have no problem the, beating that game takes like 35 minutes, so it's nothing. I can like restream beating that, and I plan to to upload the whole playthrough on on YouTube, uh, both as a single playthrough, both with me and the and the border playing it, and then maybe one with like an afterwards commentary, something like that. So, um, so there's Legend of the Lost Bachelor. I'll have to redo that, but then follow us on Twitch. I'll live stream Operation Krabby Patty. I'm getting that up and running. I have Super Sponge ready to go. Both of those, I will uh, um, follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram. Uh, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Podcast on uh, on Twitter and SpongeBob Podcast on Instagram. I'll usually try to announce like <laughs> within the 24 hours of of uh, live streaming. I'll live stream both of those games. Then you guys will get an audio review of both of those games as episodes of the Squarecast. And then there will be um, footage of my playthroughs in the video version of the same podcast. So if you go up on YouTube right now, Legend of the Lost Spatula is up right now with with some of my uh, own playthrough footage while I'm, you know, kind of reviewing the game. We're, we're going to be stepping into that zone a little bit. I would like to expand to more of the Nickelodeon games and and eventually review all of them. I, I don't see why not as many as I can actually get running on on uh, modern computers. So um, so that's what I'm saying. There's a lot of video content coming to YouTube. So if you're a fan of the show, if you're on the ready crew, give us a follow. I appreciate you. Uh, uh, totally on the cuff, Dr. Seuss over here. I'm close enough to Massachusetts. I get some of that Dr. Seuss magic sprinkling down. Uh, but before we get into pressure, yeah! we're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, we're going to dive directly into the episode. Unless you can stay above water for one measly minute, you forfeit the contest and prove that land creatures are better than sea creatures. No way, Sandy. We can take on your challenge. Yeah! We're not afraid of your dumb old land. Yeah! We're sea creatures. Yeah! Magic Conj, will I ever get to meet Tom Kenny? Maybe someday. Oh, so you're saying there's a chance. Okay, okay. Should I tell fans of the show how they can support us? Yes. 
Goofy Goobers, supporting the show is shockingly easier than catching a blue jellyfish. Right from our Anchor page, anchor.fm slash spongepod, you can find links to all of our social media and a support button if you happen to have a few extra clams. Also follow us on twitch.tv slash spongebobpodcast, where it's not only the official home to our sister show, Video Bob Game Pants, it's also where I stream live drawings of various Nickelodeon characters and host the opportunity for commissions and giveaways. Lastly, the official merchandise store is now open at redbubble.com slash people slash spongepod, where various designs will be uploaded in Inspired by our show, including our official logo, which is now available on a multitude of products like t-shirts, stickers, duvet covers, and even a shower curtain. This is a podcast by a fan for fans and will always be fan-driven. Any way you see fit on supporting our show is much appreciated. Thank you and enjoy. Hey, this isn't so bad. We can do this. Hey, Patrick, come on up. The air is fine. I'm going to do it quick and get it over with. Cannonball! Hey, I lost my trunks. Hi, SpongeBob. All right, Pat, you made it. Uh, Come on, Mr. Krabs, up here. The goal is sure that's going to shine, Mr. Squidward. Land! Looking good, Mr. Krabs. (laughs) Come on, Squidward, you're missing all the dry. And welcome back uh, to, to answer a question I had. Um, I did have an email question. I believe it was from John, my friend John, who just sent in a question uh, about whether or not I have been watching more SpongeBob on Paramount Plus or if I maintained my Amazon Prime viewership of spongebob um and i actually have been using both um i pull up paramount plus on my television and i'll like amazon is already signed in on my computer so if i ever need to re-watch the episode before i'm recording i'll i'll re-watch it through amazon there but i'll usually watch the episode a, a day or two before recording on uh on paramount plus so it's it's a little bit of both there um, I gotta say, uh, for for my needs, for for the things I want to watch, I I enjoy Paramount Plus. Like the UI definitely could use a nice upgrade, um, but I haven't been I haven't been swearing at it as I have with other streaming services. I've had some trouble with Hulu a few times in the past, um, and and so I, I've kind of put Paramount Plus in the same bar that I I put Hulu on, um, but um, so the, yeah, that that answered that question, John. So. Uh, but yeah, the, the content, at least they keep adding stuff. Now things are not perfect with Paramount plus they are missing a few Rocco's modern life episodes. They're missing my favorite one that I usually like to show people. Um, uh, they're missing some Ren and, oh no, it's not Rocco's modern life. It's Ren and Stimpy that they're missing my favorite episode. Uh, Sven Hoek is not on the platform. It's just completely gone. So they definitely need to add that more of that content but every month they seem to add a little bit more so so maybe eventually as they're unearthing as much of this nickelodeon content as they can they'll they'll eventually push some extra ones out um i don't know if it's just going to take even fan support to get some of this worked on uh once again hey if anyone listening over at paramount viacom if you need somebody that just good organization that could just sit there in the back end and just help organize stuff and retype stuff. I'll do that. 
for slightly more than what I'm making right now. And let me tell you, it's it's probably a steal. So uh, get at me, snail mail at euphonics.com. Anyway, today's episode of SpongeBob SquarePants is one of the most memorable episodes that I can think of. When when you bring SpongeBob up to people, you could be talking to somebody who is not a SpongeBob fan. And if this episode ever played in the background while they were, you know, in the room, a kid was watching it and they saw the end of this episode, like you can bring up, hey, do you remember the time SpongeBob and Patrick, Mr. Krabs and Squidward went up on land and were like physical objects? Most people are going to remember this. It's if it's not one of the most memorable episodes in the, at least in the first half, then that second half is bar none one of the most like I'd say in the most top ten memorable moments in the in the show's history. Uh, not to get into spoiler territory there, but if you haven't seen this episode, you should definitely give it a watch. This first aired on May twelfth, two thousand one. Uh, if you're a bit confused about that, because, you know, the episodes we just got through were on September 11th, 2001, and now we're going backwards in time. Uh, like I said, we're going by the production order of these episodes. So this episode was made after those other ones and just aired before it. Like, it's just what happens. Um, sometimes you get every, you know, sometimes shows that are story specific, like Avatar, yeah, you have to air the episodes in order. But other shows like SpongeBob, it kind of doesn't matter when you air certain episodes. Like there's not really story specific details or anything that is really necessary to to deem one before the other. Uh, now, Nickelodeon has made that mistake on shows that did have story elements. Let's not forget the uh, the whole Danny Phantom season three fiasco in which they they aired like the sixth episode urban. Uh, it was the urban jungle episode with Mark Hamill. And it was like the sixth episode in the in the third season in which Danny already or it's when he gets ice powers, but he gets ice powers from characters that he meets in the second episode. So when you're watching this special that they like promoted and everything for seemingly no reason, I don't know. They just needed something to promote. Uh, he like gets powers from these characters you're supposed to have a connection with, and uh, yeah, that uh, that episode didn't air for like another eight months. But uh, but yeah, uh, May twelfth, two thousand one was written by Jay Lender, William Reese, and David Fain. Uh, our storyboard artist was William Reese. Our storyboard director was Jay Lender. Animation director was Sean Dempsey, and creative director Derek Dryman. Um, this is a, a very cool, but just kind of far out, not really acid trip episode of SpongeBob, but just, it's one of those like daydream type episodes. There's, there's a, a lot of weird stuff that happens, uh, and it all works. It's, it's all perfectly works in the world of SpongeBob SquarePants. This episode starts out very innocently with. Uh, Sandy and SpongeBob gazing at the clouds and they have a very funny joke here where SpongeBob points out that one of the clouds looks like a flower and Sandy points out that every cloud looks like a flower, which I don't know. It's just something that you never really had them pointed out like that before. And when it happens here, it's, 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 it's hilarious. It still hits after all these years. It's a funny little, uh, you know, visual joke. Since we don't get really too much mention of the clouds, uh, as they're as, as they're sitting and taking in this this wonderful sight, they eventually start talking about 
uh, racing up this mountain and, and who would really win the race. Um, they seem very confident in each other's abilities. Uh, Sandy takes a head start, though, on this race up the mountain, and we get to see SpongeBob show an impressive use of an umbrella uh, rising to the top of the mountain where Sandy is already there waiting for him in a recliner. Um, somehow Sandy climbed up there before SpongeBob, even though he just basically flew up. Um, and, and this upsets SpongeBob that she took a head start. Uh, so then SpongeBob decides that they have, they, okay, they have an, another, uh, race of sorts and, and off in the distance, you see the Krusty Krab. We get a bit of an error here though, because, um, even though I'm not saying that their mountain is nowhere near the Krusty Krab, but if you look across the street, you don't see the chum bucket in this scene. Uh, noticed that. Um, so as you can see, SpongeBob, you know, it says, Hey, first one of the Krusty Krab wins. And uh, he decides to then take a head start uh, the way that Sandy decided to take a head start on the climb of the mountain. So uh, as she runs and they throw a lot at each other, uh, very similar to when Squidward and SpongeBob were racing to the Krusty Krab to become employee of the month. Uh, a lot of, you know, visual gags here back and forth uh, racing to the Krusty Krab. Sandy, of course, seemingly gets inside of the restaurant first. And there's this, you know what? If you're watching this episode, I would pause at this moment. Not, this is not commentary or anything, but, uh, I would pause at this moment and just watch the beautiful transition of Sandy running from the road to the inside of the Krusty Krab. And you can just see how it was just transitioned like that. Uh, if you can watch it in slow motion, if you have this on like DVD or if uh, the streaming service you're watching this on allows that, slow that baby down because it is beautiful. Love it. Uh, Sandy, of course, runs into an elderly SpongeBob who has been waiting there forever. Uh, we get a, a little bit of a joke there with SpongeBob. Uh, and he's all full of fun and games. And Sandy is really offended at this point that he decided to cheat, even though she cheated the first time. And SpongeBob brings that up rightfully. So um, as this argument is going on about it just turns into land critters versus sea critters. Um, and this then causes other patrons of the Krusty Krab, which also happens to be our usual cast of characters, but Patrick joins in to the argument about uh, uh, land critters versus sea critters. Mr. Krabs joins in to the argument, and Squidward joins into the argument. Uh, somehow the Krusty Krab is just not busy at this time, and Patrick is the only patron. Or maybe Patrick, because he eats so much and pays so much, they close down the Krusty Krab for an hour every day for Patrick to come in. I I actually would would fully believe that and would accept that as canon. Um, <laughs> that would be pretty funny. Uh, they, they each bring up skills of theirs that would deem them better. Uh, of course, Patrick is able to eat an entire uh, Krabby Patty Deluxe in one bite. And, you know, Sandy is unable to. Uh, SpongeBob is able to reproduce by budding, which, you know, is is of the sea sponge. I, I, I believe accurate. Uh, Squidward is able to um, spin, you know, have the spinning plates on the sticks and he has, you know, multiple limbs. Uh, Mr. Krabs is able to uh, withdraw his eyes and says everyone in his family can do this. And uh, let me tell you a bit of trivia with that, courtesy 
of the uh, encyclopedia, Spongebobia, our uh, usual friends in this regard. Um, Mr. Krabs says that everyone in his family can retract their eyes into their sockets. His family is made up of two very different animals, crabs and sperm whales, because of Pearl. But his statement is actually completely still correct, as both crabs and sperm whales can retract and protrude their eyes. And then there's a uh, link to a video that shows off this evidence. So Mr. Krabs, completely right in his uh, regard that everybody in his family can can do that with their eyes. Sandy is is not capable of doing any of these things that the characters bring up, including their their big reveal that uh, collectively, I guess this is something that all sea creatures can do, but their eyes grow like massively big and they start gasping for air. It, it's really weird. Uh, it's it's uh, something that like, you know, I, I guess if you did take any sea creature out of water, they would do that. Although the the crab is is able to be up on land. So I don't, you know, I don't know if that's really true with the crab. But anyway, uh, they get to this pressure. Yeah! Apparently that is the word of the day. But thanks to this pressure, yeah! uh, Sandy decides to take her suit off because their big bragging right, their ultimate bragging right to the land creature is that they can breathe underwater and Sandy can't. And she decides to rip off her suit and her mask, which she breaks. And I got to say, I don't think I ever felt uncomfortable watching the episode when I was a kid. I don't remember, but I felt a little uncomfortable. Like, I knew Sandy would be OK, but I just, like, paused myself at that moment to think, like, what was her ultimate goal? And I, I'm sure everybody knows someone in their life that when it comes to uh um events sporting events we have someone who might take things a little bit too seriously they might take betting a little bit too seriously and get out of hand uh this is one of those moments where things got out of hand where they didn't need to if sandy just kind of got over the fact that the the sea creatures were just kind of you know bragging the way she was and just walked away we wouldn't have had to have almost a unfortunately dead Sandy. Cause I don't know if she had a, an exit at that point. She probably only saw red in the anger she was feeling and just decided to act on that because she had to one up SpongeBob and the gang. And what ends up happening? She ends up almost choking, which or drowning, which is what ultimately would happen. Luckily she was able to find a pickle jar, which had enough air in it to house her head. Luckily this is a cartoon and there's nothing to worry about. Um, Sandy accepts her defeat in this moment, but instead of just accepting defeat and walking away, she brings up that while she is really unable to to last, you know, underwater, these creatures would not be able to last up on dry land. Uh, I believe it's a minute. I believe she says uh, you would not be able to last a minute up on dry land. Uh, the the sea creatures are boastful all the way up into the point when they get to the top of Bikini Atoll, the island that you see at the beginning of every episode of SpongeBob SquarePants and the opening theme song. 
bikini atoll not to not to get dark here but we're just uh we're we're getting into into reality but uh bikini atoll other than being in the intro of well i, I that island is actually i'm not saying specific to how bikini atoll actually 100 looks like but um Bikini Atoll is is an island that was destroyed by the first hydrogen bomb test by the United States. So that's a big deal. Um, luckily, you know, we can kind of bring better pasture to the name Bikini Atoll as a as a find island where SpongeBob and his friends live underwater. Anyway, they make it to the top of this island, which is actually, like, visually, this this episode is just very interesting. I enjoy a lot of what I see in this episode. Um, as we get up there, the characters immediately get into a lineup of how they would each go up on land. SpongeBob, Patrick, Mr. Krabs, and then Squidward. Uh, when SpongeBob decides to eventually go up on land, we get a we get a nice little gag here with Mr. Krabs coming up and giving him a glass for one one last one last glass, and SpongeBob like scoops up water because they're underwater and then pretends to drink it, and it's it's just it's funny. Um, but when he goes up on land, it's a very crude puppet style setup. There's clearly some water. There's clearly a, a 2D island. And out of the water pops a yellow kitchen sponge on a stick. Uh, a very yellow, big kitchen sponge on a stick. And it's so funny because even though you're visually seeing this, it's still SpongeBob talking. And he's he's riling everybody else to come up and, and be on dry land. Uh, of course, Patrick cannonballs himself out of the water and out comes a um fake looking sea star like a realistic but fake looking sea star i don't know if it was like a real sea star that you would see in a place like shell city if it was like a dried out or if it's just a pla it looked really more like a plastic one you would probably use as a decoration for like a, a hawaiian themed party or an undersea style party uh, but a, a pink sea star, nonetheless, Patrick mentions that, uh, hey, I lost, I lost my shorts. Like they're just gone. Um, and he's, yeah, it's still in a stick and he comes up on land. Next we get Mr. Krabs who once again, shouldn't be a big problem about him coming on land. He's a crab. That's not a big deal. Uh, but we get also a plastic looking toy crab that probably is also a decoration as well. Uh, it's a very red crab. And uh, now the four, the three of them are up on land. Next, we get Squidward, who I believe would be the most in danger being out of water. And uh, then Squidward makes his way up to the uh, surface. And while we get pretty generic, easy-to-find toy decoration versions of SpongeBob, Patrick, and Mr. Krabs, like, I'm sure with one trip to Party City uh, or wherever you would get your, your party supplies and whatnot, I'm sure with one trip to that, maybe a Target, or even to just Target or Walmart. You could walk away with all three of the first characters to pop out and make your own puppets at home. Squidward comes out as this clay version of a squid, but still with Squidward's eyes and a massive nose. Uh, it is visually one of the funniest things that they've ever done with SpongeBob. It's a funny idea. When Squidward comes up out of the water, there's a nice, like, stare down with how he looks. Uh, the four characters make their way around dry land. They're just kind of, like, scooting aside. 
they finally come up to some uh, puppet seagulls who SpongeBob introduces himself to and even asks if the seagulls know about Sandy Cheeks, which is just really weird. It's it's just a weird SpongeBob optimism thing. Like, SpongeBob, how would these seagulls know who Sandy Cheeks is? I don't know. Uh, but while these seagulls seem approachable to the boys at first, they are not as they soon start attacking all of the characters. Uh, Sandy then counts and waits till the minute is up. She realizes, wow, they, they beat what she thought was going to be impossible. She makes her way up to dry land and we get a squirrel hand puppet with a plastic helmet on. Uh, the Sandy puppet makes her way over and sees that the characters are being attacked by these seagulls and she does her best to uh, to defuse the situation by violently attacking the seagulls off screen and just a fluff of feathers making their way onto the screen we're watching, verifying that Sandy is indeed beating the feathers out of the seagulls. Uh, we then just quickly transition to all five of the characters going back underwater, slowly drifting down to the bottom of the ocean, and apologizing to each other over the pressure they caused themselves. Uh, it, it's a very sweet moment because I honestly think that it was a very childish opening. Um, what starts out as as kind of cute competition between the two quickly gets into insults, which leads to actual danger for all of the characters. Sandy could have drowned in her situation, and as silly as the as the on land stuff looked, according to the story, seagulls were legitimately attacking those characters. So if Sandy didn't put them in that situation, you know, it's just one of those things that they they all kind of came to an agreement that everybody is really good at something, and you know, like that's what's great about people and accept everybody. And the characters cheer for themselves while we eventually do get a visual of the seagulls back up on land in which Sandy has seemingly plucked all of their feathers under their under their neck. Like the feathers on their head still good, but everything has just been ripped apart. Uh, I, I bet they won't mess with any more sea creatures that just waltz up into the into the surface world again. They'll now they know who Sandy Cheeks is. So the next time a sponge walks up to those seagulls and, and says, do they know Sandy Cheeks? Those seagulls will probably run away or fly away, if you will. Uh, but that is this week's episode. Uh, all right. I'll say it. Pressure. Yeah! I really it became such a late joke. And I'm such a fan of Pee Wee Herman and Pee Wee's Playhouse and, and the inspirations that Pee Wee brings to SpongeBob has always been clear. So why not have a little fun and, uh, you know, see how things go. But uh, that is uh, this episode of SpongeBob SquarePants. A bit of a little trivia for this episode. Um, in the PlayStation version of Super Sponge, which is the video game that is coming up, four scenes from this episode are used in the intro of that game. Um, I, I have never beaten Super Sponge uh, completely. I, I beat um, Operation Krabby Patty I actually owned as a kid. It was a game that I uh, my mom actually purchased before they started handing it out for free in, in, uh, in cereal boxes. So I'm sure most of you listening, if there's anyone out there listening to this and you've played Operation Krabby Patty, if, if you haven't 
downloaded an ISO. Like the, probably if you played it as a kid, you got it for free in a cereal box because it was one of those giveaway games. Um, but I actually owned the the general release version, and uh, it's it's weird and it's not fun. But like I didn't own that many PC games at the time, so the the PC to me was just hey, you, you're playing different kinds of games than my Sega Genesis can play, and and that's fine. Like, I just treated it as a different system. Uh, I owned a lot of Nickelodeon games, um, most of which I, I would love to revisit. I, I Like, even now with the Rugrats reboot coming out, and, and I've been kind of binging the original Rugrats on, on Paramount+, Plus. I've been wanting to go back to play play the Rugrats adventure game on the PC. It's a point-and-click adventure game. It's like kids first point and click adventure but it's super fun and there's some funny moments and i i've always i've always loved that game and every time you go through things are different so it's it's never exactly the same so um but i owned a lot of nickelodeon games on the pc i owned the rugrats adventure game i owned the rugrats movie um activity game i owned a different rugrats movie pc game um and then I had Operation Krabby Patty and and that was a, you know, hey, like that was just an experience. I remember 100 percenting it. So uh, that that will happen again. And and I've I've never played Super Sponge. That one is a a 2D platformer, um, which are always a fun time. And I, I haven't heard many good things about Super Sponge, but I'll play it for myself. Uh, so mail time, mail time, mail time, mail time, mail time. The mail's here. Here's the mail that never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want a whale mail. And that is right. That is the uh, Blues Clues theme song is uh, sung by Peter Griffin of Family Guy. It uh, the, the fact that he, they went so hard into it, I was like, I, I have to use that. I don't I don't mind at all. And I'm sure they don't either. And if they do, hey. There's always the original we can go back on. Uh, but I actually got an email uh, from Tina uh, from Belchertown, Mass. Uh, she actually sent two questions, and the other one, uh, I'm actually, it's it's more for this week in Nickelodeon history. So I'll read that on the uh, on the next uh, This Week in Nickelodeon History. But I'm going to read Tina's SpongeBob question first. Uh, Ahoy, Captain Eric, longtime listener, first-time emailer. My question for the Squarecast is that I'd like to know your thoughts on other SpongeBob video game re-releases now that Battle for Bikini Bottom, Rehydrated, has hit good sales numbers. Thank you for being a part of my podcast rotation. Tina from Belchertown, Mass. Tina, thank you for the question, and and that is something I, I haven't brought up in the show. Uh, Battle for Bikini Bottom Rehydrated has apparently hit $2 million in sales, and and for this release and for the title, that's a big deal. That is a, that's a big success for this release, and I, I hope that means that there are other re-releases down the road, because if you go back... And look at the article from when they announced this partnership, this like renewed partnership with THQ. They listed a lot of shows that they could pull from as far as what games they can re-release. Um, as far as other SpongeBob re-releases, the first one that comes to mind uh, is is something with Nicktoons Unite. Uh, now I know that's not like a, a SpongeBob specific video game, but he plays a pretty major role in, in all of the games, including taking over the, the namesake of the fourth game. Uh, yeah, there's actually four games in the Nicktoons Unite series. Uh, the first three under the Nicktoons Unite 
banner. And the fourth game was released as SpongeBob SquarePants featuring Nicktoons Globs of Doom. Now, if you are an international listener of the show, I believe the Nicktoons Unite series was released internationally as SpongeBob SquarePants and Friends. Like that was the the name of the series. So uh, this still counts somewhere, depending on where you're listening. It's a SpongeBob game. Uh, I think at least the first three games I I thought were really enjoyable. I really enjoyed the first game. Um, I think that even on its own as a $20 re-release with some updated graphics would look really nice. Um, if they were able to really capture like backgrounds of the of the shows and to make them really look like the you know they're going into each world and um, you know any of the characters they interact with in the Fairly Odd Parents world and Danny Phantom have like thick black outlines and so on and so forth. I think they could do a really cool job, and I do think Battle for Volcano Island and Attack of the Toy Bots are really cool too, especially Attack of the Toy Bots on the fact that you can unlock some like other Nicktoons characters like. Uh, Stimpy and Gurr and Jenny or XJ9 from My Life as a Teenage Robot or Rocco like as playable characters like that always blew me away and I I had a blast playing that game on the Wii. Uh, so if they were able to, you know, not totally. I mean, I guess they could redo the graphics since most of the characters are from game to game. You 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 redo SpongeBob's model or you just use the one from Rehydrated. You don't need to do any extra work. You just use that model for, look, realistically, I'd at least like the first three games. Globs of Doom is a little bit of a, of a weird one for me, but um, if they were able to fix up some of the, the graphics there, maybe I'd be give I'd give that one another shot. Um, I'm eventually going to get to it anyway because of the show. Uh, so th- that's what I would like to see. I, I would like to see some effort put into the Nicktoons series or the SpongeBob's and Friends series, whatever, from wherever you are in the world. If it if it's SpongeBob only, SpongeBob specific, no Nicktoon shenanigans. Uh, I of course the the next option is is of course the the movie game because it just came like hand in hand with Battle for Bikini Bottom. I think re releasing that would be something cool, um, and I think it's a bit of a shorter game if I remember correctly. So I know that SpongeBob came out basically at a budget title price like thirty forty bucks. So if they release the movie. A little bit cheaper and just reusing a lot of the same assets as they used in uh in rehydrated i'd be fine with that um i think a lot of people would probably say lights camera pants uh that is a, a very fun party game and that being released with some sort of online component that that is intriguing to me that's something that i would i would love to see so um but but yeah, ultimately for me, Nicktoons Unite. If if you're a purist with the question, SpongeBob related, um, just SpongeBob. I I mean I'm gonna go with the movie. Uh, but if if they were able to get the online functionality down, I would say lights, camera, pants, actually. And I think I might if if online functionality. Well, man, if if online functionality was there for all of them, uh, Nicktoons Unite is being a gauntlet style. I, that game definitely is, is four players. So if you were able to just team up with friends like you are in, in uh, like Marvel ultimate Alliance three, that would absolutely work. Oh my God. The possibilities are endless, but 
Uh, yeah, if you, that that is uh, that is my answer, Tina. Thank you for writing into the Squarecast. Um, and uh, and if you would like to write into the Squarecast or a Nickelodeon related question to read on this week in Nickelodeon history, you can reach me at snailmail at euphonics.com. U F O N Y X dot com. Any questions, comments, anything you'd like me to read out on the air, I will, as long as it's, of course, appropriate. Like I said about those, pay attention to any of the social media of the show. Um, uh, I will update pretty much, like I said, usually within 20, 24 to 48 hours when I will be live on Twitch. If you want to get a leg up on that, twitch.tv slash Spongebob podcast. Uh, that's where any of those live streams will be. Um, I will be restarting my own live streaming schedule, uh, hopefully at some point this summer, uh, if not this fall. So there'll be more about that as as we go on. And the uh, and the SpongeBob uh, Twitch account will be mainly for the show. And and if I'm ever doing any uh, Nickelodeon style games, they'll they'll mainly be on that Twitch channel. Um, and my other one will be for anything else other than that, like when I play Overwatch or. Uh, you know, the times I've played Call of Duty, the times I've played Fortnite, things like that. Uh, but I'll have more about that later on this year um, and more things to do with with YouTube and whatnot. So follow us on Facebook, follow us on YouTube, uh, follow us on any of the social media platforms. Thank you for being a part of the Ready Crew. Thank you for being a part of my life. Stay safe and we'll see you here next week. Magic Conj, will I ever get to meet Tom Kenny? Maybe someday. Oh, so you're saying there's a chance. Okay, okay. Should I tell fans of the show how they can support us? Yes. Goofy Goobers, supporting the show is shockingly easier than catching a blue jellyfish. Right from our Anchor page, anchor.fm slash spongepod, you can find links to all of our social media and a support button if you happen to have a few extra clams. Also follow us on twitch.tv slash spongebobpodcast, where it's not only the official home to our sister show, Video Bob Game Pants, it's also where I stream live drawings of various Nickelodeon characters and host the opportunity for commissions and giveaways. Lastly, the official merchandise store is now open at redbubble.com slash people slash spongepod, where various designs will be uploaded in Inspired by our show, including our official logo, which is now available on a multitude of products like t-shirts, stickers, duvet covers, and even a shower curtain. This is a podcast by a fan for fans and will always be fan-driven. Any way you see fit on supporting our show is much appreciated. Thank you and enjoy.